This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Psalms 118, verse 6. Uh, we're still in the series, God is for me, part 7. And uh, we'll be closing out this series today, starting a brand new series next month. Glory to God. How many people believe that God is for you? Amen. amen. Well, we got some people. Amen. Well, even the psalmist and even David, you know, David went through all kinds of trials in his life before he became king. You know, he had King Saul hunting him down uh, like a criminal. And, but David uh, wrote a lot of the psalms. And uh, in the psalms, he would, he would, he would you know, it would reveal to, to each one of us as we read the psalms what he goes through because we all go through uh, high times and low times in our lives. Uh, we all go through, I, I say, mountain experiences and valley experiences. So we're all going through different seasons in our life. But we can, we can rest assured that God is with us when we go through these seasons. Amen? So every season is not going to be uh, cookies and cream. Amen? So, so we are, you know, we have to na- navigate this life. And, and, uh, and it says in, one, in Psalms 118.6, this is what we've been going with the whole month. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So praise God. So I, I really think the fight that we're fighting, uh, you know, we fight the good fight of faith. And, and so really, we're not really, we are in a sense, the, the enemy, we're not in a sense, the devil does come against us, but we're not fighting the devil in a sense because he's already defeated. Uh, what we fight is we fight fear. We fight anxiety. We, we fight uh, these feelings that will try to come against us and to keep us from moving forward in the word of God. Amen. And so here the, the psalmist, you know, figured it out. The Lord is on my side. Then he said, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then then verse seven, it says, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. And we found and we discovered in this series that not only is God for us, Jesus is for us, but, but, but we have angels for us and, and God's angels are watching over us and protecting us. Amen. So praise God on that. So, 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 God, so these are among those that help us. Amen. We have heavenly help. Glory to God. So you're not in this walk by yourself. Glory to God. In, in Psalms 54, 4, it says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is, uh, is with those who uphold my life. And we also discover that God will bring people into our lives to pray for us, to help us. Glory to God. So, so that's what church is all about, is we come together and we stand with one another and we pray for one another. Amen. Because this race is not a solo race. You're not just in this race by yourself. And a lot of times what the devil will try to do is make you think that you're by yourself in this race. But we're running a marathon. We're running a race, but we run it together. Amen. Amen. And that's and when we're running the race together, it's encouraging to see each other run the race. And every time you see people come out on Sunday morning, it should encourage you. 
Amen. Encourages me when I see people coming to church and getting fed. And why? It encourages my faith. Glory to God. It should encourage your faith as well. So in Psalms 56, it says, uh, verse uh, 56, verse 1 and 2, Be merciful to me, O God, for man will swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies will hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. So we see here that, that there are enemies to our faith. You know, I like to say our enemies is not just the devil, but it's these feelings that come against us. It's doubt. It's unbelief. It's fear. These are enemies that come against us. And we can't allow these enemies. They may attack us from the outside, but we can't allow them to get on the inside. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody today? Don't allow depression that may be oppressing you on the outside to get you on the inside, to shut you down. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to shut your fruitfulness down. He's trying to shut your faithfulness down. He's trying to shut you down from serving the living God. That's what the enemy's trying to do. And he does that through attacking us through wrong feelings. Got to get a witness in the house today. So we have an enemy called the devil that opposes us. Uh, you know, in the scriptures, you'll find that Paul talked about the devil. Peter talked about the devil. Jesus talked about the devil. The devil is alive and well on planet Earth. And he's coming again. And you know who the devil comes against the most? It's people that have potential in God. I'm, I'm talking to somebody today. If you're not being attacked today, well, maybe you don't have any potential. No, I'm kidding. You all have potential in God, but, but the enemy's going to, who's the devil's going to try to attack? He's going to try to attack those that are serving God. He doesn't need to attack those that aren't serving God. He doesn't need to really come against them because they're not serving God. Who does he come against? He comes against the faithful. He comes against those that are trying to walk with God and trying to be obedient to him. Amen. So we see this the enemy is trying to oppose us. He does that through bringing on feelings that we're not going to allow to control our lives. Amen? In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So the enemy's out here going to and fro, looking to see who he may devour, but he's not going to devour the Christian that's walking in God, that's walking by the word of God, that's standing strong in him, what do we do? We stand and keep standing when the attacks come. We don't back up. We don't falter. We don't quit. We don't throw in the towel. We keep moving forward, keep pressing in to the greater things of God. Amen. And so we're pressing saints. Amen. We keep pressing in. Amen. And so, and so Peter is saying here, be vigilant be, and, and be sober because you're having your devil. He is walking around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. His teeth has been pulled. I'm going to say that again. All he can do is he can roar, but he doesn't have much. His teeth has been pulled. His claws has been declawed. And he has been neutered. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, the devil's been neutered. He's been declawed. <laughs> Hallelujah. He doesn't, he doesn't have it. He, he may boast. Yeah. 
glory to God. He may boast what he has, you know, his arsenal against us, but, 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 but greater, can somebody say greater, greater. is he, Jesus, that's in us than he that is in the world. And then Peter says, this is what we got to do. When we're going through the valleys of our life, we, the, Peter says in, in, first, in 5, 9, says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So, so Peter is saying that we're, we need to resist the enemy onslaughts that comes against us. We need to resist fear. We need to resist pride. We need to resist oppression. We need to uh, resist these things that are trying to get us out of God's perfect will. Somebody say resist. And so, and so we need to resist this. And when we do this, the payoff, the payoff when we are standing in God, no matter what is coming against us, the payoff is in 1 Peter 5, 5.10. It says, may the God of grace who called us to eternal glory by Christ, Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Did he say that we suffer for a while at times? Yes, as Christians, we're going to suffer at times. We're going to go through some hard times in life. But he says once we suffer, he, said, he says that we will be perfect. He will perfect. He will establish. He will strengthen. And he will settle us. So what's the end of our, uh, of our trial that we're going through? The end is that we will be perfected. We will be established. We will be strengthened. We will be settled. Why? Because, you know, the enemy, he may attack, but you keep standing in your faith. And you keep praising God no matter what attacks come. I'm telling you, he's not going to win in our lives. Amen. The devil cannot win in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Psalms 56.3 says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. So what is the cure for fear? What is the cure for being down and depressed? Because depression is a form of fear. And, and a Christian should not be down. A Christian should not be depressed. That's an oxymoron. No, we should be joyful. In other words, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what's the enemy trying to do? Get us in, afraid. Get us in fear. Get us depressed. Amen. And then what the psalmist says, when I'm afraid, yeah, we may get some feelings of fear that may come upon us. But he said, I will trust you. What is the cure to worry in our lives? Trusting God. Trusting God. What is the enemy trying to do? Get us not to trust God. If you're full of faith, if you're full of faith this morning, then you're, you have no fear. If you're full of fear, then you have no faith. Or if you have fear in a certain area, you have no faith in that area in your life. So what is the cure to, to building up your faith in God? It's taking the word of God and standing on it, confessing it. Speaking it out loud, magnifying God. You know, I like to say this. We have a worship service, you know, in the very beginning, we worship the Lord. What are we doing? We're magnifying the bigness of God. And, And the more you magnify or you make God bigger in your life, it will make your problems smaller in your life. Am I preaching to somebody today? So what we do is we magnify God. We, we magnify the bigness of God. And as, as long as God remains big in our life, our problems will remain small in our lives. 
are you are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? One of my favorite scriptures, amen, dealing with trusting God is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You're familiar with it. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's correct. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. So we can't partially trust in God. We have to trust in God with our whole heart. Amen. And it says here, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I like what one, one translator says, he'll make the crooked path straight in our life. What's the problem is, is that we're leaning on our own understanding. That's the problem. If we're walking in fear, doubt, or unbelief, we're leaning on our own understanding. We're trying to figure out things on our own merit. We're trying to figure it all out. No, no, no. What we need to do is trust in God, trust fully in him, and allow him to work things out. Look at your neighbor and say, God's working things out. Doesn't it say that God works things out for good to those that love him? Doesn't it say that God is working things out? You know, when, whenever a bad report comes in your life or something negative about your children or something negative, you just need to say, God's working it out. You need to stand in faith and say, God's working it out. He's moving on my children. He's, he's moving on my circumstance. He's moving. God's working things out. Remember, remember uh, Daniel? Remember that he was uh, praying for an answer from God? And remember that he, he, he sought himself to seek God for 21 days. He didn't eat anything that was, that was good, that was good to eat. He, he fasted for 21 days. He set his heart to seek God. And you know what? He didn't get the answered prayer the first day. But God was working. Amen. You say, how was he working? Where there was an angel that was trying to get the message to God that was sent the first day. But there was another angelic you know, angel of the devil, uh, the prince of Persia, that was holding back the answer. But God was working. The angel was working on his behalf. But it didn't look like he was working. The first day, the second day, the tenth day, the fifteenth day, it sure didn't look like God was working, but he was working. God was working. What? The angels were, the angel was battling, amen? And then they, they broke through the defenses and got to the word uh, to Daniel and got the message to Daniel that God wanted him to have. I'm going to say this to you this morning. God's getting you a message today. He's giving you a message that you can stand firm no matter what it looks like in your life. You can stand firm. Why? Because God is with you. Glory to God. So, so we see the cure to worry is trusting God. Let's look at Psalms 56, 4 and 9. It says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Notice that. I love that. It says, in God, I will praise his word. That's magnifying God. In God, I will put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. All day they twist my words and their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together. They hide. They mark my steps. What they lie and wait for my life, shall they escape by iniquity and anger cast down the peoples. O God, you number my wanderings. Notice it says here, you put my tears in your bottle. In other words, every tear that we shed, I believe, and, 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 and some saints believe that there's a bottle in heaven that catches every tear. 
Amen. God, every tear that's shed, God sees every tear. Every tear that's shed, God sees it and God's going to vindicate our tears. Do you believe that today? And they may may be all, uh, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Amen. So the, so the enemy is fighting against us. Actually, he's, he's fighting against God and, and, and he's fighting against all, uh, you know, if the devil's coming against you, he's coming against God. And he's coming against everything that God stands for. He's coming against the entire heavenly host. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So all the heavenly host is for us this morning. God is for us this morning. We have covenant. Look at your name and say, I have covenant. Amen. You know, uh, I was studying this out and Stanley, uh, the great English explorer missionary, he, he was a missionary to the African uh, continent. And this was in the late 1800s to 1900s. Uh, he made a, they, they were, blood covenants were sacred in these African tribes. And he made a blood covenant with a, a, a great African chief. And in that blood covenant, uh, they exchanged, they cut their wrist or they cut their arm and they mingled their blood. And, uh, and then they exchanged gifts to each other. And uh, Stanley was his great explorer. And uh, he, he had, you know, um, uh, it was, um, what was it? Uh, he had an animal with him that gave him a goat. A goat, and, he, and he, it helped him because he had stomach problems. He, he would drink that goat's milk. But he needed to, uh, in this exchange of covenant, blood covenant partners, they had exchanged gifts. And the chieftain uh, gave him his, his uh, spear. And, but he wanted the goat, and he didn't want to trade that goat off, but he did. But he, he had the spear. He thought he got the, 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 the short end of the stick, if I may. The spear may not have been a short <laughs> stick, but he thought he got the short end of the stick. But when he, came, when he started exploring Africa as a missionary, he came against these tribes that were hostile. But when he lifted up the spear and he showed his scar... Those tribes knew who that spear belonged to, this great chieftain, and they would drop down and bow. And, and some of these were, were cannibals that he would, he would come, but those cannibals didn't want to touch Stanley. Why? Because Stanley had a covenant. He had the spear representing the chieftain he, uh, and, and the chief tribe. He, he had the scar and they would drop. I'm going to say this to you today. We have a covenant based on better promises. And whenever the enemy tries to come against us and tries to attack us, we just need to raise our hands and worship. We need to plead the blood of Jesus. We need to speak the name of Jesus. And every demon in hell, I'm preaching this morning. Every opposition that's trying to come against us will have to bow. Why? Because we're raising up the blood. We're speaking the name of Jesus, just like Stanley did. And when Stanley was able to do that, all those, all those Africans that were hostile would drop down and they would pay homage to him. I'm telling you right now, the devils are more afraid of you than we should be afraid of them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Psalms 56.10 says, In God I will praise His word. 
in the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? If we're trusting, we're not fearing. If we're fearing, we're not really trusting. The more faith we get in our hearts, the less fear and worry we'll walk in. If you're depressed about your situation, this is telling us that you're allowing fear to control your attitude. If you allow depression and fear to continue, it will hinder the good will of God in your life. Do you know God has a good will for each one of us? And that good will is blessing on top of blessing, but we can hinder the blessings of God through, for de- through doubt and unbelief. Is that true? We have to cooperate with God. Look at your neighbor and say, cooperate with God. It's co-oping with God. Amen. We cooperate with God. Amen. I like the story of Jairus. And it's in Mark 5, 21, 24. Because Jesus would say at different times, fear not. And I'm going to say this, this to you this morning. Fear not. Why? Because God is with you. In Mark 5, 21, 24, it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, now this is Jairus uh, begging Jesus, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Amen. That is powerful. This man is, is actually prophesying the healing of her, her, his daughter. He's saying, look, Jesus, if you just come and touch my daughter, she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thonged him. Now, in the process of this, the lady with the issue of blood came and touched Jesus and got healed. But we're going to drop down to Mark 535. He got he got a little delay. And just because God, maybe your promise might be a little delay. It's not a denial. Just because you have to wait a little bit, just because you have to wait on the Lord doesn't mean it's a denial. Amen. No, no, no. God is working things out in the process for, for, for your blessing in your life. And so, so there was a little delay. And then and in Mark 5, 35 to 42, he says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Man, it, that sounds like it's over. You know, it's not over until God says it's over. You know, God can, I'm going to say this. Can I say something to you this morning? Can I preach to you this morning? It's not over until God says it's over. And even though you might have something that might seem dead in your life, God can resurrect it. God can resurrect any dead thing in your life. He can resurrect a dead relationship. He can resurrect dead things. God is the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And so he says here, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? That's, that's the bad day. That's the evil day. We get those reports at times. As soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Yeah. 
Think about that. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Because I really believe if Jairus said, forget about it, Jesus. There's no need for you to come to my house. Then, uh, then his daughter would not have been raised up. We know that his daughter is going to be raised up. But, but Jesus said, do not be afraid. I'm saying to you this morning, don't be in fear. Don't worry. Don't get in doubt and unbelief. Just believe. Jesus said, if you only believe, you'll see the glory of God. How many people want to see the glory of God in your life, in your family? Well, you just got to believe. And you say, well, I don't. You might say, I don't have that kind of faith, Pastor. I don't have, well, Jesus said, if you have a mustard seed of faith. How much faith is that? It's just a mustard seed of faith. You can say to this sycamore tree, amen, or the sycamine tree. If you're you're sick of yours, I'm sick of mine. (laughs) The sycamore tree, be thou cast up and be pulled from the roots and be cast into the sea. It shall obey you. I'm going to say this. Things can obey our words. Am I preaching too high to this morning? Am I, am I talking to a church that knows how to speak to some things? Are you speaking to your circumstances? Or are your circumstances speaking to you? And if you're down and depressed, then your circumstances are speaking louder than what you're... Oh, I'm preaching today. If you're upset about your situation, if you're down about your situation, then you're allowing those circumstances to speak louder. No, no, no. You need to learn to shout to the mountains in your life. You need to learn to shout the mountains down in your life. Whenever anything comes against you, you need to start shouting glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see here, Jesus said um, to him, do not be afraid, only believe. As he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. See, Jesus had his inner circle. Not everybody's going to be in your inner circle. You're going to have to have the inner circle people that's close to you that, that doesn't agree with your problems, but will stand and say, listen, you can come out of your problems. You need, you need that inner circle that's going to that's gonna stand with you, pray with you when, when all the chips are down in your life. And so, we, so Jesus just took his inner circle. Why? Because he needed people with faith to help him raise Iris' daughter. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he says here, Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw turmoil, those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. See, Jesus didn't even want to speak death. Jesus, you know, he, he was, he's the author of life. And it was even difficult for Jesus to even say that she is dead. No, that she sleepeth. And, they, and, and notice it says here, and they ridiculed him. You see, people will ridicule your faith. People will say, you think you're going to make it? I know who you are. I know how you lived your life in the past. I, no way you can come out of this. No, 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 no. People will try to, rid, the enemy will, will move on people to ridicule you. But, but you know what? Jesus didn't let that bother him. What did Jesus do? He put them outside. Jesus put 
the doubters, the naysayers, the ones that didn't believe. He put them outside and he took and he took the the father and mother and the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said, Teletha Kuma, Kumai, which is translated little girl. I say to you, rise immediately. The girl rose and walked, walked for she was 12 years of age. And they were amazed with with great amazement. So we see here, what did Jesus do? He brought some believing friends. If you're dealing with fear, you need some believing friends. If you're dealing with doubt and unbelief, you need some people that's going to stand with you. And then he, he, he took the, the unbelievers out of the way. You've got to get the unbelief out of your system. You've got to get the doubt out of your system. You've got you to get the fear out of your system. These are enemies of our faith. That comes against us. Why? To keep us from walking in God's good will for us. God's good will is not automatic in our lives. I'm going to say again. God's good will is not automatically in our lives. We must mix faith with the word of God. Some people might have a lot of word. But are you mixing faith with it? You might have a lot of word memorized. But are you believing the word that you read? Are you speaking the word? Or are you speaking doubt and unbelief about your circumstance? I'm not going to speak doubt and unbelief with, about my circumstance. I'm going to speak what God says I need to speak. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? In other words, you can't walk with God until you start confessing that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. No matter what it looks like. It may look like you're a loser. But in Christ Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. And so we need to get a, a revelation of this. So, so let's look at Psalms 56, 12, and 13. It says, Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. Notice that? He says, Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praise to you. <laughs> I will render praise to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, and you have not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. So what did the psalmist figure out? He figured out that he was in a bad situation, but at the end, his end was greater than his beginning. Remember, remember I talked about in the series that, that whatever we go through, that God's going to bring us into a broad place. In other words, whatever the enemy's trying to do, to, to, to uh, take away from us. God is in the process of adding to us. He's perfecting us. He's establishing us. He's causing us to stand in any storms in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we can see the psalmist got the victory. And we're getting the victory. I like what it says in John 14. Because I'm going to say this. You don't have to walk in depression. You don't have to walk in Fear. I believe that because in John 14 it says, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus, this is the power right here. See, see, the power is in God's spoken word. And when Jesus says something like E.F. Hunton, there was a commercial about E.F. Hunton. I think he was an investment banker or something. When E.F. Hunton talks, people listen. You know, when Jesus talks, you need to listen. I'm going to say it again. You need to listen. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. If Jesus appeared to you today 
and you're dealing with your circumstances. And he says, let not your heart be troubled about that. Will you obey that? Well, this word is actually, you don't have to have Jesus appear to you. He's saying this to you today. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't worry, be happy. Amen. So he doesn't want us to be worried or depressed because that will produce the power to bring us down in our life. Depression and worry, glory to God. And then in John 14, 27, this is powerful too. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give with you. You know, Jesus is not leaving fear to us. He's not leaving doubt or unbelief. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. He says it again. Neither let it be afraid. So this is a promise of God. This is a promise of Jesus. No matter what we're going through, we can walk in the peace of God. I'm going to say this again. No matter what you're going through, we can walk in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's a matter of what you're focusing on. What is the enemy trying to do? Get us to focus on the mountain. He's trying to get us to look at the mountain, talk about the mountain, speak about the mountain. Yeah, I'm not saying the mountain's not there, but I'm saying allow your words to demolish the mountain. I say that you got to speak to the mountain, speak grace to your mountains and they will be leveled. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Grace to your mountain. Amen. Let's look at this and say, let's say, let's look at it again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So in Hebrews 1.9, it says here, I'm going to say this, that some people believe that, that Jesus walked around depressed, that Jesus was a man of sorrow. And, and the Bible actually says in Isaiah, he was a man of sorrow, but that man of sorrow was only on the cross. It wasn't why he was down here, because there were little children that flocked to Jesus. And they don't flock to sad people. Kids love happy people. Somebody say, I'm getting happy in Jesus. And I'm going to say this, that if you do what, what Jesus did, it says in Hebrews 1.9, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. You know, if you love righteousness and you hate lawlessness, you know what God will do? He will anoint you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Do you know Jesus loved righteousness more than any person in the entire world? And you know, that tells me that he was anointed with gladness more than anybody else out there. Jesus was a happy and he is a happy savior. Do you believe that today? Jesus wants us being happy people in God. Amen. We don't have time to be sad. We don't have time to be depressed. We don't have time to allow the enemy to, to, to shut us down from day to day in our lives. No, we got to keep walking before God, doing what God's calling us, staying faithful to the call no matter what. Now, we know that Jesus experienced depression. When did he do it? On the cross. He, did, he, he experienced all the negative feelings that we can experience today on the cross. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and when he was feeling the major negative feelings of depression, of loneliness, all this, is when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember that? Remember that? Because at that point of his life, 
He was experiencing all the negative emotions. Why? So we won't have to experience them. He bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. Why? Jesus, Jesus allowed himself to deal with the negative so that we could have the positive. Am I preaching to anybody today? I think I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Glory to God. I don't need to be down. I'm not going to be down. I'm, I'm going to be thankful and praise God for no matter what's going on in our life. In Psalms 23, 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why could David be so confident in not fearing? Because he knew that God was with him. David was always in a plight. He was, he was working through becoming king. He had the whole army of Israel against him. And he could say, I will not fear. Why? Because God is with us. I'm going to talk to you about two keys of faith that's going to get us through in the trying times of our life. It's in Hebrews 11.6. Two keys points of faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please Jesus. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Two keys that's going to get you through your trial of your life. What's the key? First key is you must believe that God is. You must believe that he's more than just he exists, that he's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. You must believe that he is he is Jehovah Jireh, your God that provides for you. He, you must believe that he's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. You must believe that God is the great I am. Believe in him. It, it says it's impossible to please God without believing in who he is, number one. And number two, believing that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. So what, what, what is this saying? He's saying that if you continually, diligently seek God, God is in the rewarding business. So these two keys, what he's going to reward you with? He's going to reward you with greater peace. He's going to reward you with greater joy. He's going to reward you with greater love. He, in other words, you can increase in these blessings. How many people are walking in enough joy? Can you, can you stand some more joy in your life? How many people are walking in just enough peace? I, I have just enough peace. I don't need any more peace in my life. No, no, we can all go higher in joy. We can all go higher in peace. We can all go higher in, 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 in all the blessings that, that God has for us. Do you believe that today? Amen. So we see here that his rod and his staff will comfort us. You know, I'm going to say this, that his rod is, and staff is his, perfect, uh, is his provision and his protection. God's rod and his staff is his provision and his protection for each one of us. God is watching over us, making sure that he's protecting us. He has his angels with us, glory to God. How can we fail? You know, sometimes when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will sometimes feel, feel fear. We may sometimes feel anxiety. At times in our lives, these things will come 
against us on the outside, but we can't allow them to get on the inside. So when they start trying to come against us, I'm going to give you a key here. You need to speak against them. You may need to say, fear, leave me in Jesus' name. Depression, leave me in Jesus' name. I'm not going to yield to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to speak to your mountain. I, I like what it says in 1 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I'm telling you, God is amazing. So what we need to do is we need to confess the scriptures and not allow our feelings to control us, but we control our feelings. Even, even the great Smith Wigglesworth, the great uh, apostle of faith that raised over 17 people from the dead. He was, he was a great evangelist for God in the mid-1900s. He said, I can't understand God by feeling. He said, I don't understand God. You, you can't comprehend God by feeling. God's not a feeling, glory to God. No, he said, I can only understand God by the word of God. And so, and so only by the word of God. And the word of God should release some feelings in our life. But it should not be sadness and depression. It should be joy and excitement. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, God is awesome. My, 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 I'm finishing up this scripture in 1 John 4, 4. It says, you are God, little children, and overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Listen, the greater one abides in you. It's, what here John is saying is there, there is one out here that's trying to come against us, that's trying to attack us, the devil. He's trying to do everything he can to, to, to get his fear, his doubt, his unbelief inside of us. But, but we got to get a revelation that the greater one, God, is greater on the inside of us than he that's on the outside trying to get on the inside of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I like what the NIV says. Dear children, you are from God. Uh, you, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So I'm going to say this, and I'm closing this morning, that the greater one abides in you. Not only is God with you, not only is God for you, but God is in you. The hope of glory. And you and God can overcome anything, any challenge, anything that comes against your life. Because it doesn't matter what comes against you. As long as you keep standing and keep holding on to the unchanging hand of Jesus, those circumstances will turn for your good on your behalf. Do you believe it today? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you, Father God, that you are with us no matter what it looks like. And we will not be controlled by negative feelings. We will not be controlled by these feelings that will try to control us. But we will cast them down, Father God. And we will stand in victory in you. Father, I'm asking, Lord God, that you would touch every person here at the sound of my voice. And perhaps you're, you, you know you need to make a move. You need Jesus in your life. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is knocking on the door of people's hearts all over the world. And he's knocking on your door right now. And he's asking to come in to, to sup with you. That means to fellowship with you. And today is the day of salvation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to, if you're ready to receive Christ, to pray this simple prayer and invite Jesus into your life. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. 
for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.